Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. And with our final installment in Bat Month, we talk about the Dark Knight trilogy. So excited! And spoilers ahead, and let's hit that music. All right. We're back again. This is the last installment for Bat Month. Na 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 Bat Month. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We added a little pizzazz for the last episode. <laughs> it's the last time you'll have to hear me sing about Bat Month. <laughs> All right. So what we're talking about today is the Christopher Nolan series, also known as the Dark Knight Trilogy. It consists of Batman Begins in 2005, The Dark Knight in 2008, and then The Dark Knight Rises in 2012. Yes. And uh, we're going to have some spoilers in here. Mostly it's going to be about villains that become villains. So if that disappoints you, I apologize. Right. It happens. (laughs) Because in general, most of the characters stayed the same from through all three movies, let's just talk about the characters a little bit by themselves. Okay. The main protagonist. We'll talk about the villains on the specific movies in which they're mentioned. Mm-hmm. So first thing we have is Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne and Christian Bale as Batman. Yes. I keep separating them because they just are generally unique characters. They are. They're very different. And he, I, I think he does a great job, to be honest. Not a huge Christian Bale yeah. fan in general, um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people love him. I I don't know. I guess I I couldn't get past American Psycho, and he seems like a psycho to me. So there's that. But uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed him as both Batman and Bruce Wayne, which we've talked about with our other episodes. That it's difficult for the two to both be good. You know, that's absolutely right. And what bothered me about Batman was this voice that he does. Yeah. The, the the one that Paul calls, I've got throat cancer. That's what I know. It's horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I understand you're trying to get a different voice, but you have a lot of tech available to you. So just put some modulator. That's in. exactly what I was going to say. Like, I'm pretty sure he could have built something in to make it sound different, menacing, whatever, because he just sounds like Bruce Wayne with laryngitis. Yeah, that's the only thing that I really dislike of the whole trilogy is just that bat voice. Yeah, his voice is a little ridiculous. Um, but yes, as Bruce Wayne, he's pretty good. He kind of, he really does start really young when he's playing, you know, Batman Begins. So it's really easy to see the kind of person he is. And he seems to be at the appropriate age. And he does a great job towards the end where he's actually an older Batman. And he's not necessarily like an old Batman. He's just live the life of a vigilante it's very kind of true to it so he he gets it he has a little gray in his hair and he has a limp well he's like yeah he's he's a little broken down he's lost the cartilage he's you know got some massive head trauma uh you know i'm surprised this doctor's not like um so why (laughs) have you been in a lot of bar fights like what's happening bruce wayne that this keeps happening to you i would be very concerned if i were his doctor Mm -hmm. Uh, we also are introduced to michael kane as alfred I love Michael Caine as Alfred. I do too. Like I said in the other episodes, Michael Goff is always going to be the one that pops into my head as Alfred, just because that's who was Alfred when I was a kid. 
but Michael Caine does such a beautiful job of it. He gets the best one-liners. He really is sick of Batman shit, which is amazing. And he kind of stands up to him, too, which is great. Yeah. Because Bruce needs that. You know, he doesn't have parents, you know, as, as we are well reminded all the time. He has no parents. And so, you know, Alfred being like the only steering wheel in his life and his moral compass, so to speak, uh, you know, he, he does a great job of that. Yeah. He also see in this series is Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Love him. And I love him too. And and there was no Lucius Fox, at least not I can recall, in any of the previous movie Batman. Mm -mm. I don't remember any. And I really enjoyed him and I enjoyed his character. He's like the cue to Batman. I've always had a tough time believing that Batman could invent all of this stuff. Or Alfred. Exactly. Or Alfred could do it and still not be noticed. Yeah, that's a lot of Amazon Prime boxes showing up at your house. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to take notice when a thousand Batarangs show up. Yeah. But I, I like so, that, that in Batman Begins, because I just watched it tonight as a refresher, mm -hmm. and I, I just love that they're, you know, ordering all these parts through dummy companies overseas, buying 10,000 pieces of this, that, and the other thing, so that it's not noticeable that they're coming in. And that all of the, the bat tech was actually something that existed for military purposes, but was never utilized. So again, it's not like he just comes up with all of this shit on his own. There's actually an, an, a real life R&D department behind it. They just don't know what they're providing. Yeah. And so I like that there is a base, an understanding. It makes sense all of a sudden to have this type of tech, that it's not just crazy Bruce Wayne tinkering and, oh, I just happened to invent a helicopter right. that floats. He's no Tony Stark, that's for sure. Exactly. But I love it. And I love there's a line that Lucius Fox says in Batman Begins. He's like, listen, Mr. Wayne, I, you know, if I don't know what you're doing, that means I don't have to lie when people ask me questions. But don't think I'm stupid. Like he clearly yeah. knows that you're, you know, you're not base jumping and hella skiing and all this other bullshit that he's trying to, you know, he's he's Oliver Queening the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I just want to go do this really stupid thing that only rich, dumb people do. And I like that. He's like, listen, I don't I don't need to know. You just this is all yours. You own it. I don't care. Just, you know, keep my name out of the papers. Yeah. And and it's obvious that he does know everything. He just has some plausible deniability. I believe it was in the second episode where they are have funny little subtle refer references to it. Like he made him some kind of tool that used sonar. And uh, Bruce Wayne says, sonar technology, like, and he kind of paused and Lucius Fox said, yes, like a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he did it again in the very last one. He was like, "This, this, this uh, floaty thing. I don't know what it looked like. It looked like it's like a like it, a bug to me. It looked like yeah, it looked like a roly poly. What are those called? Potato bugs? Uh, we just call them pill bugs, roly polies. Yeah, or pill bug. It's like a pill bug that can somehow like lift itself in the air. But he's like, I just call it the bat. Like, well, and it comes in black. <laughs> Oh, Lucius Fox, we love mm -hmm. you. In fact, on Gotham, the TV show, mm -hmm. it's always disappointing because I'm like, I really wish this Lucius Fox had some Lucius Foxness from right. <laughs> the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. One of my favorite characters in these was also Gary Oldman as James Gordon. Yeah, Sirius Black does an amazing job as Commissioner Gordon or 
Detective Gordon, then Lieutenant Gordon, and finally Commissioner. He was such an integral part of these. He was involved in every single one of the episodes. And his faith or lack of faith in Batman drove a lot of pieces of the puzzles together. I really liked him. I wish he were the police commissioner of any town that I lived in. Yes, absolutely. He's, you know, you see him in Batman Begins where he's not a dirty cop. He's never been a dirty cop. and But he's surrounded by them. And the guy even says, you know, it makes us really nervous when you're not taking any of this action. He's like, I'm not a rat. And who would I rat to? Like, everybody is fucking corrupt. Like, there's literally nobody for me to tell on you to. Yeah. But he keeps his own ethics, you know, throughout that's a very hard path to cross. Of course, it still surprises me that he did not figure out that Batman and Bruce Wayne were the same person and he's like the best detective there. I think, though, he even says in the third movie to Blake, he's like, didn't you ever want to know who he is? He's like, no, I don't. I don't want to know who he is. Like, I think he probably, if he were to take 10 seconds, could figure it out as most other people can. But he doesn't want to. He he understands that it's not about who puts on the mantle. It's about who, you know, it's, it's again, it's an, anybody could pick it up and anybody could do it. And it's about the good of Gotham. Gary Oldman is an excellent James Gordon. Agreed. You, you can see kind of his thought process in, in all of the movies, especially in The Dark Knight, where he, he set up a plan in action to actually, and actually involved Batman in it to get the Joker. Yeah. That was actually a very... Very cool sequence. We'll talk about that a little bit closer to the. Mm-hmm. They did have a character switch between the first and second movies, and that was they had Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes, mm-hmm. and that was the old love interest of Bruce Wayne. Yep, they were childhood friends, and then she switched to Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yep. I I liked Katie Holmes better. I do too. You know, I don't say that a lot, but I I really did. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal is delightful. She's adorable. She just she just wasn't as good of a Rachel as as Katie was, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the idea that Rachel Dawes, because she was an assistant district attorney, and she always believed in a higher truth and justice, so she had a very similar vein to Batman. It's just Batman went about it in a different way, but it was believable in her. And Maggie Gyllenhaal kind of played it almost a little smug. Like, well, it was, yeah, she did. It was a lot like, you know, suck it, Bruce. Ha ha. I told you we could be together, but we'll never be together. So meh. I want to be with Harvey Dent instead. I know. And it was almost like she was excited about the power in which she could convict these criminals. So she played it like that was her draw and not an overall arcing sense of justice. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She dies. All right. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> but, um, all right. So the very first movie in the trilogy we talk about was Batman Begins. It was kind of a slow start for me. I didn't even watch it in the theaters, I don't think. You know, I honestly don't remember. I think I didn't see it until later. I don't think it was one that I went and saw in the theaters, but maybe. Who knows? But I honestly, I kind of like it, especially as a Batman origin story, since we're going to get beat over the head about it. I really liked it. Because again, it wasn't just Bruce grows up and develops some tech and then he goes and kicks some butt. Like there was real growth and development for him, you know, from exactly. the guy with the gun to, you know, going to the prison and kicking everybody's ass and then going to the mountain and getting his ass kicked repeatedly, becoming a ninja. Like that's just cool. Yeah. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Part. <laughs> I did too. But um, so I read on fandom.com 
that they said that because Batman and Robin in 1997 was a commercial and critical failure, Batman Begins was actually an initiative of WB to make the franchise more appealing to general audiences again, Mm -hmm. because the 1989 was pretty appealing to general audiences. And so they just completely abandoned the the funny, light, comical part. Yeah. They went straight dark. It was darker than 89. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different feeling. There's no joviality in this series really at all. I mean, the Joker brings in some weird levity, but it's also that psychotic, depraved humor. Um, but just in general, it's, it's very dark. It's very serious, much more of a drama than just your average superhero movie. Yeah. So as the main villains in the Batman movie, the first one is kind of, he kind of flies under the radar and it was Carmine Falcone Mm -hmm. or Falcone. And yeah, Falcone, Falcone. They say it different every time. I can't remember how they said it in this movie. (laughs) You just watched (laughs) it. I just watched it. Falcone. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's the mob boss. And apparently the guy that killed the Waynes, whose name was Joe Chill. Like what a weird ass name. Chill, I think. Chill? Yeah, Chill. No. Yeah, I think so. Why would they name him? Sh- I guess they do play out things a lot on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this guy's going to testify against Falcone uh, to get a shorter sentence. And we actually see a very young Bruce Wayne. And I guess he's young because they, they gave him little bings. Mm-hmm. So he came back to stop him from getting released early. He was going to try and kill him. And then Rachel said, you're a dipshit. Right. But it didn't matter because somebody killed him. Right. <laughs> killed, uh, killed him before he could testify anyway. So yeah. Bruce is like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? It makes sense for me to confront a mob boss about this. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you. And then he gets his ass kicked, as you do. Yeah. And then he jumps on a boat. It disappears. It made sense in the origin that he was like, how can you even begin to judge me or decide you know what's right and wrong when you always had everything you wanted and you don't you don't know what it's like to have hardships? Yeah, you've never had to struggle. You've never had to do what has to be done. So he just leaves. And instead of struggling, though, he's like, I'm going to be a criminal. Yeah. I don't know. It was a weird... I think it was a little bit of a jump. Uh, a little. It was like, yes, I I stole to survive and I saw things a little bit differently, but I still wasn't a criminal. <laughs> it's like, mm, yeah. okay. Yeah. So when he's in prison somewhere overseas, that's when we find the next villain, which is Ra's al Ghul. But they are, they, they trick us. Yep. And so I'm spoiling this one, but you know We're what? spoiling all of them. Yeah. Spoilers. Oh, well. <laughs> Most people have seen these movies. They've been out for a little They've while. They've been out for a, more than a decade, I think, for fine. Yeah. These would actually qualify as a classic movie review in our world. Oh, yeah, definitely. 2005? Yeah, that's 10 years. That's over, it's what, 14 years mm-hmm. old is when this came out. So it will be fine. So Liam Neeson, awesome, mm-hmm. just pops on in to his uh, prison cell. You know, like... As you do. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's like... How'd you get in here? Well, he's a ninja, so. <laughs> I know. So Liam Neeson kind of tells them, hey, we have a secret society of assassins. Do you want to join? Yes, I do. <laughs> and Bruce Wayne's like, 
Hey, that sounds cool. Yeah, sure. I like assassins. Assassins are awesome. He finds out that after he trains with these guys that, oh, they want to do bad. Their name was the League of Assassins. <laughs> right. No, they call themselves the League of Shadows in the movie. Oh, so, you know, okay. it's, it's it's less murdery sounding. Oh, I'm so, I'm probably getting it mixed up with my other. Well, with the CW <laughs> shows, they were they called they the League do, of Assassins and maybe they call them that later. But the League of Shadows is what they're what they're called in the movie. But I, I love that, you know, he tells them, oh, you got to go pick this blue flower and you have to carry it to the top of a mountain. And if you can do that, then maybe Rajal Ghul will talk to you. And so he shows up to do that and he's wearing a sweater. He's got like a cardigan on. I'm like, mm, that's maybe not the best way to climb a mountain top in Tibet. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go get your Sherpa yeah. wear on or something. Yes. But so he goes and meets Rajal Ghul and he's like, all right, go ahead and train with us. And he learns how to be a ninja. But he he thinks cool. that Rajal Ghul is the Asian guy. Maybe he is. Was yeah. he? I don't know. Did Liam Neeson no, then become yeah. Rajal Ghul? I couldn't. That part was a little muddy to me. Like this guy yeah, just looked like has, a figurehead. Yeah. So Rajal Ghul is Liam Neeson, and yeah, he had another guy always pretending to be the yeah, main. He looked guy. like the Dalai Lama. What? No, he didn't. The Dalai Lama doesn't have a Fu Manchu. He didn't have a Fu Manchu. Well, he's got that like long uh, mustache that hangs down. Whatever. Insert generic looking guy here. Yeah, but but fierce looking because he seemed angry. Eh. And and so that wouldn't be Buddha. <laughs> I didn't say he was Buddha. <laughs> said he was Buddhist, which he probably isn't either. If he's a freaking assassin, seems to go Most likely seems not. to fly yeah. in the face of that ideology. Yeah. So um, as he trains in there, so he gets to the his final test. Now, I cannot recall which he found out first. One, that they wanted him to destroy Gotham to kind of fix it. Just kind of a, you know, rebirth from the fire that was Gotham. No, they want him to murder the guy first. Okay, this, this other guy that's been training with you, you have to kill him in order for us oh, to... Oh, no, no, it was the you... murderer guy. They had a guy who had was a, had tried to take over uh, a neighbor's farm and it then turned into a murderer. I guess when the guy wouldn't give his farm up, they killed him. So they brought him in and they said, oh, he's he's a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. They told him that early in the training. And then at the end, when his initiation is up, they say, OK, well, we need to know that you're willing to do whatever you're going to do. We need you to kill this guy. He's like, I'm not going to become your executioner. Like, that's it's not what I'm here for. And they're like, oh, by the way, we're also going to go destroy Gotham and we need your power and influence to make that happen. He's like, um, no, <laughs> no, it's kind of the opposite of what I'm trying to do with Gotham. I'm glad you watched it to get some of those specifics. <laughs> I'm like, I watched it oh, like yeah, an they, hour ago. So <laughs> they wanted him to if they wanted him to kill someone. So, you know, he wouldn't. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So apparently shadow figures that could find you in prison and try and train you to be a ninja may not always have the best intention. Mm, it's usually a pretty good bet that that's not the best way to go. Although, okay. So you know how sometimes when you're like in a really, really crowded place and you're like, you know what, maybe Thanos had a, had a <laughs> point. Yep. So as I'm watching the three movies in the Dark Knight trilogy, I'm thinking, you know, Maybe they did have a point. Maybe just burn it down and start over. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of, you know, and unfortunately, like, again, we see that in, and I keep going back to Arrow, but that's, you know, probably the closest mm -hmm. to a Batman story. I mean, I don't know the Green Arrow story really other than what CW has shown me, but that's the same kind of thing. Like these, all these rich people get together and they're like, mm, 
this town's kind of gone to shit. So we really need to just wipe half of it out and then start over. Like that'll, we'll just wipe out the glade. It's same kind of thing. They call it the Narrows. That's right outside of Gotham or uh, Arkham Asylum. So that's kind of their slummy area that they're trying to start with. In order to resolve this issue and get out of the League of Shadows, Bruce is like, hey, I'm not going to kill anybody, but I am going to set the whole place on fire and then run away. I'm going to knock you out, burn your building, and then pretend that you didn't actually die in it. Yeah. Though he does save Liam Neeson at the risk of probably a permanent shoulder injury. I'm just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that would not have been very painful. Nah, nah, that's a rotator cuff yeah. issue right there. All right. So he comes back to Gotham after killing the League of shadows yeah he's been gone seven years i don't kill people because i'm better than that (laughs) (laughs) Eh. Uh, so but what's pretty cool though is when he comes back to gotham some weird stuff's going on and uh that's when the next villain scarecrow appears Mm, yep the creepy psychiatrist at uh Got at Arkham Asylum. Yeah, he's played by that Cillian Murphy. I don't know how to pronounce that his name. That guy is so fucking creepy. He reminds me of like Crispin Glover, who just, you know, they probably are perfectly lovely people, but they just have that creeper look, you know? I know. But, you know, he makes a lot of money on the creepiness because he was in like some TV shows as a creepy dude. Yeah, I mean, what else and... could you play if you look like a creepy dude? That's all you got. And like, put some powder on you, dude. You shiny. <laughs> he was shiny. He's a little greasy. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was creepy as fuck. I don't know why anybody would trust that guy. Ugh. Yeah. So, but he developed a scare toxin and just like Scarecrow mm-hmm. does. <laughs> and he actually used it to get people out of prison because uh, he was working for somebody higher. So he was trying to get people out of prison and just being like, oh, yep, dude's insane. Yep. So. Well, also trying to, you know, like he gets Falcone because Batman gets him, you know, arrested and put into prison. And he gets him and puts him on the scare toxin and makes him nutso because he could tell, hey, I know what you're doing, blah, 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 because he's got a bigger master plan than just, you know, siphoning drugs into Gotham. Yeah. So you'd think the whole time that he's just a low level, um, you know, just getting people off, things like that. But when he actually went after the the main mob boss, you realize, oh, he probably is working for somebody Mm -hmm. else. Well, guess what? He was working for Raj Al Ghul. Yeah, as you do. And they actually so. stole tech because they, they have these drugs and they dump them into the water supply, Gotham City. But it's not anything that ingesting it is going to hurt you. It's when it becomes vaporized and it gets into your lungs that it goes all crazy. And everybody's going to go nuts because it's this scare, scare shit, right? And so Raja Ghul has actually stolen some sort of Wayne Enterprises tech. And it's always the Tony Starkness of it, isn't it? They steal your own bad bomb and use it against you. And this was meant to vaporize your enemy's water source because that's fair warfare, I guess. And so they use that to vaporize the the city water supply. And that's what causes all of this crap in the water to go in the air. Yeah, it becomes an aerosol. Mm-hmm. And then they everybody goes Weird. nuts. Yeah, and I'll tell you, though, they had some pretty cool CGI. Yeah, the scare stuff with, was cool. Yeah, especially when they made Batman all scary. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> was like, okay, so we have to go back to this. Do you remember the uh, College Humor Batman series? We talked about it a little yep. bit with the, the uh, Penguin one. There's another yep. one where he's in this scene where he's with the Scarecrow, and the Scarecrow gives him the scare toxin, and he's like, 
And he's like, oh, you know, baths. And he's like, well, obviously you're a bat. You're afraid of bats. He goes, no, baths, baths. Where does the clean water go? And Roomba, how does it know where to go? Like just this crazy. She's just yeah. scared of all this absolutely ridiculous, stupid shit. Yeah. Scared of the Roomba. That was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yep. There are a lot of parts of that movie. So I do want everybody to see it. We'll leave some things out. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a lot of nuance in there you got to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other notes on the movie? No, they burned down Wayne Manor. That's. Oh, yes. Kind of a big deal. Rajah Ghul burns it to the fucking ground. So seems to happen a lot. Yes. (laughs) The next movie is The Dark Knight. And so it takes place less than a year after Batman began. Dark Knight is probably the best movie ever made. I'm just going to say it. Kitty, did you call that one? I'm asking listener Kitty if she called that one before because she thinks you mentioned Batman a lot. (laughs) Yeah, she did say that. (laughs) And and I've also said this, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna repeat it here. There's something really odd about. uh, Okay, so Batman is an American superhero, Mm -hmm. and nobody ever could get it right on film. Until you get a Brit in that, I guess we're just too close to it. That really kind of amplifies it and really gives a really gritty, like, yeah, that's what Batman's all about. And I'm like, you know, I can't believe it wasn't an American that could do that. But I think they're too close to it because it's an American city, theoretically. He Neil Gaiman did. That's what he did. Neil Gaiman did. (laughs) We're making you a verb. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes an outsider's view to give us what we need and want or show us what it is that it should be, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You get a little too close to it. So I could see um, I could see the difficulties in, in romanticizing something that you're kind of entrenched in. Yeah. I think, again, when you look at what we have comic books wise, they're not super dark, at least the original ones, not super dark. The 60s television series was just kind of a joke. The 89, it's a little darker and a little grittier. And then it just goes all to shit and becomes ridiculous clown movies. And then you go to this, which is completely different. Like this is so very different than what we have ever seen before. And it just really, you know, again, all the levity is gone. This is dark. This is drama. This is action. Yeah. Our first, um, there are two villains in this one. The uh, main one is Heath Ledger's The Joker. Ugh, so oh my good. God. It was so good. The opening sequence alone where they're in the bank and he's robbing the bank is just stunning. Yeah. And But it is matching henchmen. They're all wearing the clown mask. Well, again, you have to be able to pick your henchmen out of a lineup. Yeah. Especially when you're going to be but, shooting them all in the back. Yeah. But he creates chaos just for the sake of creating chaos within the criminal elements in Gotham. So he's getting the all the different factions of what mobs mm-hmm. together and just fucks with yep. them. Just as much as he fucks with the police. He doesn't care. No. Nope. And br- brutal. Like when they. Um, oh, God. You can't even like, did, watch me watch this pencil disappear. Ah. <laughs> and then, yeah slams the guy's eye into it oh my god gone shazam you're like jesus christ it's like watching a halloween film jesus i cannot describe how much i love this joker Mm -hmm. and there was a scene in which uh, batman gets arrested the joker goes and decides that he wants to break him out (laughs) i can't remember why and 
So there is a whole a big s- sequence in the street that is like a high speed, full of action sequence. And at the pinnacle of this action sequence, they flip an 18 wheeler end over end. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Yep. You just lose your, like every time I watch it, I've seen it dozens of times and you're just like, holy shit. It, it absolutely takes action to another level. Like this is yeah. not action we've seen in a Batman movie before. I know. And that was a practical um, mm-hmm. stunt. It wasn't even CGI. Yeah. Those make the best stunts. I mean, the CGI they stuff do. has its place, but a practical effect is going to win out just about every time. Yeah. There there are tons of things that the, the Joker does. And one of the things that he uh, does is he actually tries to make the city and Batman decide who they want to save. Harvey Dent, their district attorney, who's like the white knight of everything, and he's been arresting all these mob people, or the uh, love interest who is... Rachel Dawes. Rachel Dawes. Yeah. yeah. He creates this chaos. He sends them to altering locations and makes them try and save them and just pick the one you want. Mm-hmm. So obviously they split up. Police go to one. Batman goes to the other to save Rachel. And it turns out that, oh, the Joker, in his funniness, switched the addresses so they went to the opposite locations. <laughs> well, I think Batman was actually going to go after Harvey anyway, because he's like, why are you here? No, no, you're not supposed to be here. He's like, you're the hope. Sorry, dude. Like, No, no, he said, he specifically said, you get Harvey, I'll get Rachel. I know he said that, but when he got there, it was, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, I think that Harvey thought that there was only one of them was going to be saved because they were talking to each other. Right. Well, that was the plan. So. Was the only one of them was going to be saved. Yeah. It was so sad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Harvey ends up on the floor and half of his face burns off because well, it's it, covered in you know, gasoline or chemicals of some sort. And then he catches on fire. Chemicals. It's awesome. The whole place is chemicals. It's like a freaking hazardous materials warehouse center because everywhere has bad chemicals. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Gotham, really? <laughs> need a hazmat suit just to walk down the street. You don't need to always store this. You're going to have to find ways to destroy now it. Now you see why Vicki Vale drove a shitty car. <laughs> I know. Like, I've heard about the air in Gotham. It's just straight poison. It's fine. Drive my shitty so Pinto. Bad. Yeah. So that action right there creates Two-Face. Mm-hmm. However... By the way, that was uh, Aaron Eckhart, who played it wonderfully. Yep. Love that. In fact, I can't see him as anybody but Harvey Dent anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Compared to other renderings that we've seen, especially in film, completely different. Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, Harvey Dent's always been an attorney that has worked to put away bad people. But like the animated series, and we talked about this a little bit, he was more of a split personality. Mm-hmm. In the Tim Burton series, he was just, he was like practically the Joker. Yeah, he was just maniacal the whole time. It didn't make a lot of sense. So I still don't believe this one thing happens to me and then I just turn into a a crazy person. Now, I think he had some lingering stuff because remember he, he, when he's in the hospital, he's talking to Gordon about, you know, when he used to be in internal affairs, what's the nickname y'all had for me? And Gordon's like, well, I never said it. And he's like, what was it? What is it? It's like Harvey Two-Face because, you know, that's what everybody thinks about internal affairs officers, you know, for sure. And so he yeah. just kind of takes on that persona and he gets the coin back, which he had given to Rachel, who I guess she gave God gave to Batman or I don't know, something. So Yeah, and it used to be a double-sided coin. And so he always would say heads this and it was both sides were always heads. Yeah. 
And then once it got into the accident, one side was black. And so it actually did have two sides Mm -hmm. to it. I don't know. I think that they tried to make him a little more realistic at first. And then so that made it when he changed to who he was a little more shocking. And it it didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't think. No, it really didn't. Because like he gets out of the hospital and immediately goes after Jim Gordon's family. Like that was the best logical revenge you could get is going after his children. Like that's seems like a leap. And it was because they wanted him. He wanted them to save. They should have picked Rachel to save and not. Right. Well, okay. So let's take it out on your kid. Right, exactly. It's your fault. So, but that actually did start to bring the flipping of the coin back. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah. Heads this. Heads your wife. It's your kid. Whatever it is. Yeah. Heads they win. Tails they're destroyed. Now, I'm going to jump to the end of this because it does play into the next mm-hmm. movie. And it's basically at the end, because Harvey Dent was a hero of Gotham, and and Harvey ended up dead, Mm -hmm. through no fault of Batman's. Fell off a building. (laughs) Damn gravity. Mm -hmm. That's what killed him. It did. They (laughs) saved the kid. Yeah. So, Batman was very concerned that all of the good work that Harvey Dent had done would go... Yeah, they they knew that if the world found out that Harvey had turned into a villain, that every case he had tried as the district attorney would have been overturned and all of those bad criminals would have been put out on the street. And so he decides to take the take the fall for Harvey's death um, so that, you know, what does they say? You know, you're the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one we need right now or something. Yeah, it was very poignant and... Gordon says, you know, that means that we're going to come after you. We're going to say you, you murdered somebody. Yeah. So that was the end of the this movie. And the reason why it's important is because it plays into almost everything in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a break. Oh, did you have any other thoughts on The Dark Knight? I'm sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I enjoy it. I, I, I'm not going to go with it's the best movie ever made, but it is a very good movie. And I forgot how yeah. much I enjoyed it. And the Joker is super fucking creepy. Oh, I know. Perfect creepy. Like whenever this movie comes back out, out in theaters, like they do it a lot of times with like special mm-hmm. releases or parties and events. I go to it. Yeah. I'm going to be there. I am with Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. It's just spectacular. So, in fact, I think that it is coming out pretty soon because it's the anniversary. Well, this is so. super timely, isn't it? We just happened yes. to do Bat Month when, during Batman's 80th birthday party. Woohoo! Very exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Dark Knight Rises. Sounds good. Hey, everybody. Brian here, host of the Bri-Fi Podcast. And if you're looking for a podcast that reviews comic books, talks about nifty nerd news, and sometimes has interruptions from his wife or son, then look no further than the Bri5 Podcast. New episodes are updated every Monday, and if you want bonus content, you can sign up for Patreon for as little as $1 a month, where you get extra episodes, videos, and more behind the scenes of the Bri5 Podcast. So don't go another day without the Bri5 Podcast in your life. Head over to bri5podcast.podbean.com and enlist in the Bri Fighter Squadron today. 
Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And And we we make up the Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! Okay, we're back. Back! Woohoo! right. Now we're talking about The Dark Knight Rises, and this came out in 2012, which was four years after The Dark Knight, and it's even longer, though, in the timeline. It's eight years. It's eight years. I was watching this when we decided to start recording. (laughs) It was eight years after... And Bruce Wayne has basically become a complete shut-in hermit. No one has yeah. seen him in years. He's just holed up in Wayne Manor. I know. And and they don't nobody again, nobody ties the fact that, you know, Bruce Wayne comes back to town after seven years and Batman shows up. Batman disappears and Bruce Wayne goes into hiding. Nobody puts these things together. I mean, how many rich millionaires are there in Gotham? I don't know. Also, you're not emotionally stable if something happens that's terrible like this and you just disappear from the world for eight years. I'm surprised that Alfred just mentions it after the eight years. Like, hey, maybe you should get out of the house once in a while. (laughs) You know, he's probably been saying it for eight years in a row. (laughs) Uh, Probably. (laughs) So there were two new characters that were not in the two previous. One was Selena Kyle, who is Catwoman. But she was not really the, a villain that much in this one. No. I mean, she's she's not a good guy, but she's not a bad guy either. Like, her stuff is circumstantial for sure. Yeah. And I thought Anne Hathaway did a really good job playing this. I did too. I, I really enjoy her Catwoman so much more than Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, yeah, I, it's just, it's more clean as to what it's supposed to be. She's a cat burglar, you know, she's, you know, and and I thought we didn't see the cat ears, except there's like one scene towards the very end where she's putting some goggles on. They've got cat ears. But actually, if you watch it, there's a lot of instances where she's wearing something pointy on the top of her head that looks like cat ears. These glasses that she have flip up and they put in the the corners of them stick straight up like cat ears. There's a door. Yeah. But even like when she's at the she's at the big ball, you know, trying to rob that guy of his wife's diamonds. She has has like a tiara on that has cat ears on it because it's a masquerade Mm -hmm. ball. Even I think I remember seeing a bow or something in her Mm -hmm. hair that just was reminiscent. And none of them were like blatantly cat ears except for the masquerade ball. And that was attached to a mask too. But 
none of them were blatant until until the goggles yeah and the goggles were awesome mm-hmm. and i i loved her characterization here because she was a criminal but she was trying to do good and i really liked her going back and forth with bruce wayne she has a problem with the one percent mm-hmm. right and Bruce Wayne is all of that. Right. So she didn't have any problem robbing him, which is how they run across each other. And she's kind of a Robin Hood character, right? Like she takes from the ones who will barely even notice it as opposed to, you know, and she helps out the others who need it. Exactly. Though I don't think we ever see her actually helping anyone. It just <laughs> just her hooker roommate. <laughs> just just a note. <laughs> just a side note. <laughs> but I, I really like her attitude where she kind of pretends to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she she does a really good job at pretending to be innocent and you know given the what is it called fluttery eyes mm-hmm. yeah she can she can flirt it up for sure and it, and man she can kick ass too with those high kicks she did a really good uh job with those i think that she must have blades on the inside of her heels she does when she uh yeah. she nails that creepy guy to the wall um she, was mm-hmm. it the Ben Mendelsohn character? She nails his yeah. ass to the wall and you can see she does have like serrated blades on the inside of her heel. I like towards the end, uh, she helped uh, Batman out uh, in front of Lucius Fox and said, uh, and I like your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, he should be so lucky. Right. But no, she does. <laughs> she does sell Batman to Bane, though. Yeah, but she does it. She has her own motivations for everything that she does. Mm-hmm. And. When she actually is speaking to Bruce Wayne about arranging the meet between Batman and Bane, she said, oh, I'm sorry that you've lost all your money because there was a Bane arranged for yep. all of his fortune to get uh, wired away. And he's like, no, you're not. Right. I like <laughs> She's like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I know because she was all mad that like he lost everything. And then she's, she says, oh, you're as broke as me. Do you need a place to stay? And he's like, well, then let me keep the house. And she's like, Really? <laughs> <laughs> Though he does not have a key to his own house. So. Yeah, that was funny. Because that other character we haven't mentioned, what's her name? Yeah, because I put her in the villain category. Yeah. It's uh, Miranda Tate. Yeah. So you'll learn why in a second. But let's talk about John Blake. Oh, yeah. Oh, who was police officer John I Blake. Love him. Played by jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love him so much. I want to put him in my pocket he was so awesome. Yep. I mean, I just like him and everything he does. And then he was in Inception too, uh, which was another Christopher Nolan. Film. Yeah, he's my Evan Moneypenny when I did my James Bond reboot. Oh, because yeah, he's adorable. That's fun. So. He is adorable, and he was really cool. And he just was the epitome of the the good cop doing what they should do. So yeah, and he also fucking knew who Batman was, like Instantly. out of nowhere. Like I know who Batman is, of course. Duh, we met one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently he was also an orphan, and he knew that to be socially acceptable as an orphan, you had to pretend that you were happy. Well, he said he didn't learn it soon enough, that that was one of the things that he didn't learn fast enough, was that you had to pretend to be happy and pretend that your pain didn't hurt. Yeah, and because the the kids that were probably very angry didn't get as far. Yeah, they didn't get homes, basically. That's why they age out. That's what. That's how we get, you know, noticed to this is one of the kids ages out and dies in a sewer. So, yeah. So John Blake tells Bruce Wayne, hey, he came out to say something's going on because he like like you were saying, some other kids uh, were disappearing in the sewers. So something's going on. We need Batman. Mm-hmm. And 
He's like, what do you mean? Blah, blah, he doesn't blah, really blah, even blah. question him, though. Like, he doesn't try to deny it. He just kind of stands there looking at him like slack-jawed, like, how? He's like, well, I recognize, I've seen you, I've seen Batman, I recognize the look of pain that only exists, like, when you've had this level of tragedy that we have both had, because both of his parents yeah. were killed, so. I recognize when you're pretending to be happy. Yeah. So we tried to convince Batman to come back. Batman's like, you know what? I'm uh, I'm kind of shit. Uh, my knee hurts, and <laughs> I'm old, kinda old, kind of beaten up. It's taking a toll. Yeah. And- yeah. So, but still, I guess he convinces them enough because he goes back into being Batman. Yeah, I thought that the John Blake character is really, really cute because he seems to be kind of the voice of reason, right? The the yeah. new cop that's kind of in control of things, you know, beyond Gordon. One has seen, oh, the mayor's going to fire Gordon in the spring, and he's getting old, and he was, you know, a a hero in wartime, but now we're at peace, blah, blah, blah. So all this guy is obsessed with is nailing the Batman. Like, he could give a shit about Bane destroying the city and all of these bad things that are happening. He just wants to take Mm -hmm. down Batman because it's something Jim Gordon could never do. And so... Blake's character says, um, should we be going after all these people who just like literally stole every penny from everyone in Gotham? Like, eh, shouldn't that yeah. be our concern? And then, you know, he wants to go on down in the sewer after Gordon and the guy's like, no way, we're not doing that. And they keep calling him a hothead, like, oh, keep the hothead away. And then he walks into Jim Gordon's hospital room because he's already been, you know, injured by mm-hmm. Bane's people. And he says, um, uh, you know, he's like, oh, this is what's going on. I thought you should know. And the guy's like, well, you're a detective now. You're on my team. Go take the uniform off. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because obviously, by the way, if crime has dropped as much as it did in these eight years, they were saying like, oh, peace bat is back mm-hmm. in Gotham. Back. We don't have any problems. And Commissioner Gordon was actually going to tell everybody the truth about Harvey Dent. Yeah. Well, by the way, if you've had eight years of peace, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, it seems unnecessary. We all work Don't worry. So I think he was he was more like, we need to let Batman off the hook because everybody's still trashing him. But I don't see why it would have been necessary. You could have just said, hey, and we found new Batman evidence. Wouldn't have wanted him. No, it's like, yeah. we, could have, we found new evidence. It wasn't him. Harvey Dent was fell off a building. It was terrible. My son pushed him. It's crazy. He was eight. You can't blame him. He's, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So I wasn't convinced in the reasoning why he decided that he's going to write the speech to uh, yeah, demean know. Harvey Dent once again. I don't know. But you're right. George, uh, John Blake was always like, "Where our eye is not on the prize mm-hmm. here. You know, and I think you get that way. You get people who, you know, they want to make their career and they know this one thing is going to get them. Hell, who cares about this? Or would you rather have a, a robber or would you rather have the Batman? It's like, I'd rather have the guy who just committed this crime rather than chasing someone that you clearly can't catch. Yeah. But, you know, again, since Harvey was a hero, uh, getting the guy that got Harvey would be right. It's still kind of like the one guy versus all the people these other people have harmed or I don't know. Yeah. Well, they also had in this episode was Miranda Tate, who is part of the Wayne board. And she's been trying to get batman to invest in some kind of clean energy project bruce wayne um <laughs> it, yeah probably she, she probably was talking to bruce wayne first well, i guess would be so yeah <laughs> yes bruce wayne batman doesn't have any money I mean, who would think batman had money <laughs> he has an american express remember the 
Remember in uh, Batman and Robin? Right. I do. Like, Don't leave home without yeah. it. Oh, mm. oh, some of the cheese. I kind of miss a little bit of cheese factor. I wish they had a little bit. Just a there. little bit. Again, it needed a little bit of levity here and there. Not not yeah. full on cracking jokes and certainly not sound effects and weird weep and zoinks and whatever. But something, you know, just to just to brighten it up a little bit. Yeah, well, the Dark Knight did it usually through the Joker. Right. Like the Joker would make funny uh, faces when something, like he, when he was trying to blow up the hospital. He's like, "What the heck's going on?" He's shaking his detonator, right. and then it, <laughs> and then he dressed up like a nurse. That was the best uh, with with a dress on and stuff. And so that was it was kind of comical. Mm-hmm. Put fake nails on <laughs> the the wig, all of it. Yeah. So I mean, they had things like that that added to the levity, but. They had dark, dark villains in the last episode. Yeah, like really bad. And like end of the world kind of villains here. It wasn't just we're going to take down Gotham. It's like this this shit's going to go global and be bad. Yeah. So Miranda Tate starts out as a good person. And then we find out that like her whole motive was actually to destroy Gotham. Mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah. Strange. (laughs) they all do that. Mm-hmm. What has Gotham <laughs> ever done to these people? Jesus. I know. I don't know why they just picked Gotham. Um, but Tom Hardy is Bane. And I loved Tom Hardy's Bane. Yeah, he's so different from the Bane in the Batman Forever. It's not even funny. Like, Jesus. I know. Like, the Bane in Batman Forever was more like a big dog on a leash. Yeah, a big dumb dog on a leash. Yeah. And this Bane, he had a purpose. You couldn't figure out what it was for a while, but he really wanted Gotham to destroy itself. And it actually used the technology that Miranda Tate was trying to develop or have developed for this clean energy project. Because apparently to get clean energy, you also have to make a nuclear bomb. And so if you accidentally switch some wires, there you go. That's the problem. Well, Tony Stark did the same thing with his arc reactor. Mm -hmm. So very easily go in the opposite direction. Yeah. So that was the that was a big premise of it. But Bane was evil, and he had uh, Anne Hathaway set set up a meeting with him, and then just destroyed Bruce Wayne. Yep, well, Batman. Batman, but he knows he's um, Bruce. Yeah, I can't remember how he figured I, that I out. I don't he know just, that they. I don't know. He, he just, just he just knew. I, I mean, I yeah. think I know why from later in the movie. But as of that point, we don't know because Selena Kyle didn't know. She's like, what, what? So. Yeah. And I don't know how she didn't know, but whatever. I know. It's like, um, really? You couldn't figure that out? I hate it when it's like, okay, I have a friend. I'm asking for a friend. If you can set up a meeting between my friend and. Right. <laughs> my friend who is me. <laughs> but um, Bane is, is pretty formidable. Not only is he obviously excruciatingly strong, he's also very smart and he's able to put a lot of these plans in place, but he basically takes the entire city of Gotham hostage, breaks Batman's back and makes him watch the, this, yep. um, in television. Well, they throw him in the hole. Yeah. Which is a prison where Bane apparently came from mm-hmm. big hole in the ground and you can get out if you're a really good rock climber right yes but it's hard to do if your back is broken yeah it's good that backs bend in a matter of time with i mean a how lot long of do you think it was mental day? I, I don't know but not i i mean broken backs don't really mend like that so yeah 
I don't know. So this, I mean, and the same thing did happen in the comic books, but so it's not. Well, of course it does. I mean, we saw in Hush, Bruce gets a full-on head injury and brain surgery, and he's in Metropolis the next day fighting bad guys. I like, I know. Apparently, like, he's got soul were misplaced. Just got some <laughs> amazing regenerative regenerative powers that are not part of the lexicon. Yep, I know. Because he's supposed to be a regular human, but clearly he's got some, maybe he's got some Lazarus Pit stuff with him. Well, that would be handy. You know, just drink a little bit of Lazarus Pit juice. You think there could be some of that hiding in that hole? It's not that far from those places. All right. So Bruce Wayne escapes, spoiler alert, and he comes back to save Gotham. Mm -hmm. Just in the (laughs) nick of time. Yes. Uh, You know what was weird? What we saw in this episode was something we don't see in a lot of Batmans, and that is an action sequence in the middle of the day. Right. That was a good one. That was odd. Yeah. So um, this is actually the end of the entire arc here. It ends in a good spot. Basically, Bruce Wayne saves all of Gotham. We have to, and is- we have to say who Miranda Tate is. Oh, yeah. Miranda Tate. She's, she's Talia Hall Ghoul. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Raj Elko's girl's daughter. Yeah. Yes. I can't even say his name. Yeah, it's all right. It's hard enough to spell it. That's There's true. an apostrophe in his name. I know. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Talia Al Ghul, of course, seduces Bruce as Miranda Tate. Mm-hmm. And then betrays him when she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you shouldn't have killed my dad. Yep. And now once you did, I agree that he wasn't crazy. Gotham should go to hell. Mm-hmm. So, and she like stabs him too. Oh yeah, stabs him and twists it. Man, she's cruel. Yeah, she's mean bitch. Yeah, and Bane was her protector and was basically doing all of this these things on her behalf. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Batman gets the bomb, flies it out over the ocean, and it detonates. Mm-hmm. So killing Batman. Of course, he's as dead as most comic book characters are. Sure, sure. Dead till the end scene. They even tell you in the movie that he's alive. Right. <laughs> so don't, don't get all torn up about no, it. No, no. It's like, <laughs> five minutes later, Alfred sees him at a cafe somewhere. Mm-hmm. But so, I love the end of that because we see that John Blake has been sent a package or he's sent to pick mm-hmm. up a package and it's it's the Robin costume, isn't it? And he even says, oh, it's in my, my middle name as Robin or some shit. Yeah. Well, it t- he just takes him down to the Batcave. Yeah. So that was that was very cool. And also that Batman or Bruce Wayne left the estate to orphan children. Yeah. So so now Wayne Manor is an orphanage. Yep. Tie that up in a nice little bow. Because right. it really was an orphanage from the time that um, Bruce was living it's there. It's true. It's true. Always <laughs> had an orphan in it. It always will. Yeah. And they've rebuilt but, it better and stronger. Yeah. Just don't let them get yeah. down in the Batcave. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That was against. As long as you don't go into the bat cave, you go in the bat cave, you lose the orphanage. So, right. <laughs> like, who's going to enforce that? But yeah, whatever. Alfred's gone. He's like peace. Yeah. So, I I liked this movie. You know, nothing can compare to Dark Knight, though. Yeah. I like all of them. Like, I I really enjoyed them more watching them this time around than I remember enjoying them when I watched them before. But I just I don't know. May, it may be also just comparatively to the all the different things that we've covered this month that uh it's like oh yeah this yeah. is really amazing yeah but i think that these ones had less 
of a, a stretch of the imagination. Like we're talking about Harvey Dent was less over the top mm-hmm. and it, it really felt like, yeah, it was a superhero movie, but it really was it's more of an action movie. Exactly. So I'm just glad we didn't know. have I, to cover Batman V Superman again. Hell yeah. We're not doing that. <laughs> Although I do feel like watching it. I'm going to watch it again. <sighs> Extended edition only. Well, yeah, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't do <laughs> Like it. I hate the movie so much so that I have to watch the extended edition. <laughs> I know you just fast forward through all the parts they left in the movie and just watch the extended scenes. Maybe it would be a better movie. The movie makes so much more sense with those scenes so in it. Much and more. then there's all this other crap they put in the movie. I know. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why do we leave no. this weird thing in the IHOP in Smallville? Why is this? I don't understand. Like, it's just yep. terrible. All right. Well, um, this trilogy has been my favorite, uh, of all of Batman this. Mm-hmm. I hold it so close to my heart. So I'm um, thank you guys for sticking out uh with Batman with me. Batman. <laughs> na 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's done. <laughs> and, and it's the end. Yep. All right. Well Ryan everybody about Comic Palooza and the Thrawn Book Club. Oh yes. Thrawn Book Club next week. Uh we should have that. Yeah, it's the Thrawn Alliances. It's the second book. Yes, second book, Thrawn Alliances. The third book's coming out in July, so I'm excited about that. But uh Timothy Zahn is going to be a literary guest at Comic Palooza this year, and we are super, super excited about that. That is coming up in two weeks' time. Uh we will be there May tenth through the twelfth here in Houston and we will be back together again. Yay. So excited. (laughs) This really is my favorite time of year. Since you guys are going to be there, we're super excited to announce that we got our panel assignments for Comic Palooza. Yep, we have three panels this year that we're participating in. Of course, one of them is our live show. So our first panel is going to be Podcasting for Geeks on Friday, May 10th at 6.30 p.m. in room 360D. We're going to be actually conducting this panel with a couple of other awesome shows, including Walker the Geek, Raging Nerds, and Three Beers and a Mic. The next panel will also be Podcasting 102, Building Your Show. This one is actually sponsored by Comic Palooza, so it's pretty cool. This one runs on Saturday from 3 to 4, also in room 360D, and will feature us and the guys from Nerd Thug Radio and Nerd Foo. So all of the nerd podcasts will be in there. So finally, we have our live show. We're super excited about this because this is our third annual game show with Cards Against Humanity. Yes, we will actually be playing the game with the audience again. And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be Saturday from 830 to 10 p.m. And it's basically pregame time before you get out and hit the bars. And there are actually bars everywhere inside the convention center, including one pretty much right outside our hallway here. So make sure you grab a drink and come on in. It's going to be in room 351 BE. And the first officially announced celebrity that shows up, buying you a beer. Word. (laughs) All right. So it's so much fun. Definitely come out and see us. Always check your schedules. We'll also keep you updated on Instagram, Twitter, to let you know what we're going to be doing, because we're not just going to be at those three shows. We're going to be doing a ton of stuff. Come up and say hi. We'll be everywhere. Come grab some nerdy bitches swag. So I guess that's it. Do you have an internet comment this week? I do. This one is uh, out of context and out of off topic. Sweet. So here we go. All right. This one's Twitter. uh, At Lily Arnpriester. I don't know how to pronounce your name, Lily. (laughs) 
says, I hate it when random men try to talk to me. I don't care if you want to know how fast I was going or need my license and registration. Get lost, sicko. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Well, he's a ninja, so. <laughs> <laughs>